0: Core of who you are, find how you can show up the most yourself and just continuously create that space and
1: chase that. Welcome everybody to episode 23 of the Paul and Pals podcast. I'm your host, Pony Boy Paul, and Paul and Pals is a podcast where I interview my creative pals to learn how to become who they are today, to inspire you for tomorrow. On this episode, I have a creative conversation with my pal Cindy Okereke. She is the founder of Essence of Sin a podcast marketing agency. And to back up her podcast uh, credentials, she's actually helped to grow a ton of podcasts, such as Impact Theory with Tom Bilyeu, um, Therapy for the Black Girls podcast, and also the Netflix Strong Black Lead podcast as well. And in fact, two of them are actually nominees for uh, the Webby Awards. Um, But in this episode, we talk about how Cindy had to come to terms with the fact that she was diagnosed with ADD later in life and how that affected her mindset We talked about how her first job kind of helped her realize what she didn't want to do, but also helped her realize what she was good at. And then lastly, we talk about how this mix of marketing, understanding social media, and her love for podcasts and telling a story helped her get to where she is today. So it's definitely going to be a lot of information uh, regarding uh, podcasting and marketing. So if you're ready for that, please tune in and let's get creative. First off, uh, I got to give you a warning. So I actually just got my second dose of the Moderna vaccine today. So if I start like oh. spazzing or whatever, like you got to help me keep the show going. Okay. So, you know. Okay. Yeah. I just want yeah, to right. k- give, you, give you that heads up. <laughs> but now, um, how how you doing? How, how's, how's lovely LA treating you?
0: Uh, it's good. I feel like, you know, it, it's getting warmer now. Um, there was like a little bit of a, a cold spell, if yeah. you will. Um, but yeah, everything's I, good now.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. I was actually there a couple of weeks ago, maybe last month, uh, socially mm-hmm. distanced, of course. And like, I didn't realize LA got so cold at night. Like I was actually like, like yeah. confused. I was It's so... a
0: desert. I okay. feel like people need to, to realize that LA is a desert and deserts like have those extremes. Yeah. And I, it's like we're in like different basins of valleys and yeah, and I like hills I know and all that. all
1: that. Yeah, geography, topography that, that wasn't my bag, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> I want to get to the episode too. So, first of all, welcome to Paul and Pals. I appreciate you joining. Uh, I always like to start with kind of how we met. And I don't remember actually how many months ago this was, but it was actually very random. I, I remember I got this DM from Nija.coms. It's this, it's this kind of oh, like yeah. entity that's you know, really dedicated to enlightening Nigerian creatives. And they randomly just DM me on Instagram. They're like, yo, you're invited to this show. You should check, tune in. And I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, okay, y'all recognizing the creativity. I, I didn't really know who the person behind it was, right? And anyway, the event was Netflix and Chop, and you were one of the speakers for it and I was like oh this is really cool you know I saw like the whole Netflix branding and then podcasting and I just got so like interested but it was weird though because I got into that chat it was a zoom chat you know I'm chilling I got this nice background I'm at my girl spot so it was just like a nice background I didn't I didn't do anything and I (laughs) I get so nervous because I get in there and it's only girls in the zoom so I'm (laughs) like oh snap am I in the wrong zoom like you know, I love women, but I was like, damn, I'm the only dude in here. And I just felt so like, and I, my video was already on. So I like, damn, should I turn my video off? Like, but anyway, it was it was a great event. I loved how you kind of just told us about your career and just all you do. And that's what I really wanted to highlight. So I reached out to you, we got back and, you know, now we're here. So uh, I just want to w- welcome you once again. I'm really excited to hear a lot about what you've been doing, your life as a whole. So I think the oh. easiest places to start, can you take us back to uh, New Jersey? You know what I'm saying? How, how, is, how, is, how would you describe okay. your childhood growing up and all that?
0: Okay. Well, um, before I do that, I'll take it back one more step. Okay. Um, because we we originally landed, like my family, um, in Minnesota. So like St. Paul, Twin Cities. Okay. So, I yeah so I was there until I was about 12 or so gotcha. and then we moved to Jersey So your your family is a whole move um,
1: from Nigeria?
0: Uh so no they okay my parents moved here I was ah, I born see. here okay. so like okay, gotcha. I was yeah I was born like a month or two oh, after wow. they oh. had moved
2: gotcha. um
0: and it it was one of those things where like timing kind of worked out in terms of like um, I think my dad had applied for like a student visa, like mm-hmm. continue studying and um was then also able to like bring over my mom later because I think he came first. I don't know. They they got a whole backstory that they just don't tell us, which
2: oh. I feel like <laughs> that's very normal. Yeah.
0: Um but yeah, so I, you know, spent the first twelve years or so of my life in Saint Paul. But in terms of like formative years, that's why I count like Jersey because you mm-hmm. know those first like five, you're not really. Yeah,
2: you're, <laughs> you're not really, you're not really there.
0: <laughs> yeah, like you're yeah. there, but you don't know what's happening.
1: Got you. But, and then, yeah. and then um, I guess. Um, sorry to cut you off. So when you said you said you spent about twelve years in Minnesota though, or five. Twelve. Twelve. Okay, you don't so, really consider like the mm-hmm. five to twelve portion. I feel like that's a pretty significant time of life
0: yeah it is but i think so that's why i say it's like it's part and part and it's one of those things where um i think i made more of a home and like found more of myself in in jersey yeah, and like sure. jersey new york and stuff and then on top of that like after college i i'm gonna snooze these like snack uh, slack notifications <laughs> tell, tell um, them you're out of the office no, I mean like it's it's one of those things where I feel like uh you know when you're working in media, like everything is kind of like always buzzing, and, yeah, um, there are a lot of different like do not disturbs that you need to like turn on <laughs> before um but anyway, so. Yeah. Part of the reason why I consider Jersey and New York kind of like more formative, it's just that that's where I spent like my teen years. And I feel like that's kind of where you try and like navigate, you like stretch yourself, you try and like figure out a little bit more about who you are Mm -hmm. versus like when I was in Minnesota, like I was a kid, so it was whatever was around me and and, like the people. Um, And because I'm like a shyer, surprise, I'm a shyer person.
2: Yeah.
0: (laughs) I also feel like I made like deeper friendships like later. Got you in my life. Yeah. I
1: see. Okay. So to you, New Jersey is home, but it's not like where you where you started out. I see.
0: Yeah. Got you. Yeah.
1: And uh, yeah, t- I
0: feel like I have a couple different homes though.
1: Okay. And I'm I'm always curious when I'm talking to other you know Nigerians because I feel like we all I don't know how it happens but we all tend to share similar childhoods. Like I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the culture, but like. I guess it's the culture. Yeah, it's definitely the culture. So I guess growing up, was it kinda like your parents were kind of pushing you to, hey, we're in America now, we gotta make sure you do this? Like how how was their um I guess influence on what they wanted you to what they wanted you to do or be?
0: Um I think like they're they're always influencing like the the ways that you you like show up and the things you do because like um i feel like so heavily ingrained into our culture especially is like that you are an extension and a reflection of your parents and so therefore you kind of have to uh be mindful of the way that you like move in the external world and like what you share and and things like that um but I know that like, when I was a kid, I, I definitely wanted to be a doctor, like my, myself, cause I just liked helping people. And it, it just felt, you know, and it's one of those things where I know that it's either that I knew that my dad was one and I was like, oh cool, like that seems awesome. And like, I want to do that.
2: Yeah.
0: And then realize like, oh no, I'm not good at any <laughs> of these things. But like, <laughs> I need here to do that. Yeah. Um. But like they were definitely pushing for like stable careers. Yeah. Like I think they gave up on like me being a doctor pretty early. Oh, they, they gave up on you,
1: know. you being a
2: doctor. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. And it's and it's not. It's it's beca- okay. So um, where I grew up in Jersey, like there's this kind of like magnet school in every single town. Like like all the different townships. Like they through your property taxes, there's a budget essentially that they help like sub- subsidize that education because yeah. it's a private school technically but because they want like a wide range of people, you have to like test into it. And then like, you know, it's it's one of those those things that you just, it's just part of it. I don't yeah. know how to describe it aside from that. But in doing that, like when you get to eighth grade is when you like hit the time to like test into that high school. Got you. And it, it's broken up into different academies. So like one of them is like medicine, and then there's another one that's like, you know, uh, science and tech, like visual arts, like like fashion, like it's it's like a technical school. So they have all these different kind of like tracks that you can be on. Mm-hmm. Um, business, I think is another one. And at that point in time, I was like, oh, like, let me try to like get into the medical one. And like, I think I, I chose like, Maybe it was business or something. And then the last one was like the most creative one, which was I guess general arts. General I don't arts.
2: know. Yeah.
0: Um, but I wasn't like I didn't have an art portfolio. I wasn't good at like drawing, but like creative. Yeah. So I was like, hopefully. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get in <laughs> <laughs> to it. Um I see. And it's and so it's, it's and I think that's also one of those things where it's like my mom knew that like, oh, I feel like you're aspiring to this because I feel like your dad really wants you to do it. But like, okay. Yeah. So I feel like they were supportive in that sense, but at the same that, time that's... they knew in their heart of hearts, it's like, this girl does not do <laughs> science, you yeah. know, like she does math. Okay. But she's not excelling at it. Yeah. Like you're like, oh yeah,
1: They're this is bit... a track she's going it, to be so like, This ain't for her. Okay. And uh one, one key thing that you said that I, I realized I never even thought about was you mentioned the words creative back then. And I'm assuming this is kinda high school almost time for you.
0: Yeah, middle school. Middle school, okay.
1: School. And I don't know why I don't think I ever even thought about the word creative until like later in college, which I don't know why it's hitting me right now, but like to you did you always kind of have an idea of what creative was and were you, um, always kind of attracted to it or was that not till later?
2: Yeah,
0: I, I was, and I always have been, cause I think about like, um, I had a lot of like quiet hobbies when I was a kid. So like, I used to not, well, I would draw like doodle, like cartoons and stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, and like write, like Stories and poems. Like, there was one time um, my mom came home, and there was like a week that I was feeling kind of ambitious. And I basically put on like a, I'm the oldest, so like, you know, bossy sometimes. So, like, I would put on like an evening news program um, where like I, me and my brother were co like anchors, like lead anchors or whatever. Oh, and then like my like youngest sibling did the weather. And then like my other sister did sports Um, and it's like, it's just, I feel like I've always just loved doing creative things. I just didn't know that they could be a career because everyone around me was always pushing for math and science Mm, and like engineering and like, you know, not even tech, because that wasn't a thing, but like just, just the stable staples like the closest one that they were like okay she could do law because she could read and write like she's a good writer mm-hmm. and they've always recognized that i was a good writer yeah and i was like creative in that sense and like yeah so it's like i think i always knew i was creative i just didn't know how to make a life from yeah. that because a i didn't see it around me and b because like my parents weren't that familiar with people in creative spaces the mm-hmm. only things they would see are like in media and all of like the artists in like tv shows and stuff they were all broke and like struggling or yeah. a mess and they were just like no like yeah. you know yeah i get but it though i, I get think it. yeah i think part of them knew like she's gonna do something creative mm-hmm. and interesting but we want her to do something stable yeah
1: and i think that's a very important point because I, I think about that too it's like you don't really understand it until you're you're older in terms of why our parents are like that. And you know, when you think about the context of how they grew up or why they they felt so like, oh I gotta leave, like it, it makes sense. But I it's glad to hear that they were supportive. You know, they they kinda like knew where you wanted to go, they so they kinda helped you out. But I think we, we I I'll kinda wanna talk about the, the news stuff. So when you were acting that out. Was it like you had like news topics? Like y'all y'all did this on a consistent basis? Cause that's I've never heard of that um, before.
2: <laughs>
0: I know. It it wasn't consistent. Like okay. um consistency is is something uh interesting for me because it it's I'm not very good at doing like things like that daily. It's like more so what captured my attention for mm-hmm. that week or two weeks or just like randomly.
2: Whatever um so about.
0: she would she would have no idea if she's coming home and seeing the, the <laughs> evening news um it was just an activity That's that funny. would like come to me to do um but yeah we had like it wasn't a long news program yeah. i feel like it was like 15 minutes or something yeah, you know it's <laughs> where it's like in like today's news uh we it's like we got we got Amanda to eat her vegetables <laughs> like and um yeah. or it's like oh like nobody answered the phone today or like oh we went outside in the rain or, or like oh we scored three goals in soccer because um the one thing I did really like about like Minnesota is like we had neighbors and like the neighborhood kids like could just like Come over and like you know we would just like do like activities in the backyard yeah. and like um so I don't I don't think it was like a really structured program like got I feel you. like it was whatever a piece of paper
1: whatever came to and mind like yeah got you and
0: like weather was okay it's dark outside it was fine. <laughs> like
1: and how did you kind of see this uh I guess manifesting throughout your life because. I think you went to school for was it creative writing or something English or was it was um
0: yeah so it was English and creative writing English and creative um, writing My concentration was in nonfiction and poetry mm-hmm. um with a minor in linguistics okay. and psychology Jeez. so it's like you know, like yeah just I that's, love it I'm curious a about a lot of things got you and kind of um yeah
1: I was gonna ask when you were going into that what was your I guess reasoning what because I feel like. College is almost like, yo, you gotta do this so I can do that. So what did you see the outcome being when you were uh looking into those majors?
2: Um
0: I changed majors a few times, like Speak just in it. thought. Cause it's like you have I, I think I basically registered the very last month that it was available, or like two months before I needed to, which was like end of your sophomore year or something. Mm-hmm you have to officially land on something that you can, like, declare. Yeah. Um, Because, like, I, it's not that I didn't know. I knew that I was always going to probably major in English or creative writing and something. Um, Because, like, you know, everyone tells you, it's like, oh, that's not really practical. And, like, oh, you're going to, like, that's just tough. Like, it's a tough career path. Like, it's it's really hard. Uh, we kind like we kind of believe in you and think you're talented, <laughs> but like, it's. Are you sure? Yeah. Um, and it's it's yeah it's it's one of those things where I'm just like yeah I I just want to do this like I I also something that's always kind of been foundational for me. And I realized it because like I had, I I got diagnosed with like ADD late in life. So
2: Mm.
0: like it it also has made me like backtrack and think about all the different like milestones and and touch points that were kind of created by that lack of full understanding of like how my brain works to a certain extent.
2: Yeah.
0: And it was just a matter of I need to do something that I like enough that like won't tank my grades. that I can just make it through this four years like because school is cool I, I like I like learning and I like I like the stuff that I like I'm like very curious and and I do like to to read especially and like you know just think and talk to people and discuss things but at the same time like if it's a subject that like doesn't interest me that much like I'm not going to move mountains to yeah, to do true. it unless it's like necessary. Like it's one of those things where it's not like I failed anything like because I knew that I like just couldn't, but at the same time, it's like, I'm not like I'm trying my hardest, but like, I can't get myself wow. to a place of flow so I can make this successful. And that's also why I ended up, um, not continuing with like a psych major at Emory because it was so heavy science and I feel like I was I like more of kind of like the social and like um development and all that and like Emory just has a really strong like science and like neuroscience background and so all of those different things I was like this is not going to make my college experience what I want it to be which is like one where I get to enjoy it I get to learn a lot and like meet different people. So I don't know. I don't think I took the advice of like do something
2: where you make <laughs> money. After yeah, that's, I,
0: that's, I took I took the advice of you gotta enjoy. Like the advice too kind of short. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I'm curious because that's a like when, when you heard that. I guess how did the diagnosis come about? Was it like you felt like you just couldn't focus, and then you went and and sought out for, for it? Were like. Did you just, somebody suggested you go to, like, how did that come out, come out to be?
0: Um, so, um, it's, it's one of those things that I just like started to think about because I've been told it so many times, or it's been mentioned so many times. Um, and, I like thought it was a joke in yeah. certain ways until I just started learning a little bit more and I was like, oh yeah, y'all are probably.
2: <laughs> oh.
0: And so I just, I went and like, I did a mini self-assessment, yeah. like, you know, read a book about like adult ADD in particular. Um, and then just went and uh, found a clinician out here and like, sat and talked to them um gave them like my history like just talked about it because it's also one of those things where it's like a little bit harder to yeah. diagnose in girls because it just doesn't show up the same way and that's also why I was like oh yeah like I don't think so like I just I'm a little chaotic sometimes yeah that's
1: crazy and I guess after you you know confirmed or whatever did it change your outlook on how you approach things or just more like oh, okay that makes sense and then you kind of kept living your life how did that affect you
0: Um, it definitely like affected me in the sense that, um, after actually getting like treatment and like getting like methods to have things to think about, it helped me realize that I am like the weird hurdles that I used to think what's wrong with me. Why can't I do this? And like, why? I should be able to do this This is so easy or like whatever it is that they're not my fault. And I, and I don't have to beat myself up about it or like shame myself for it or try and like dismiss it in a way that doesn't acknowledge that like I I'm allowed to be a full and vulnerable person. Like my existence Mm. as it is, is exactly how it was supposed to be yeah and so even if it means that like i am not gonna get as great grades in like certain things well i'm not going back to school like i yeah i don't think so like that's not for me um that that's okay gotcha you know
1: yeah that's off so you didn't like you you ended up like not beating yourself up over and kind of like understood it's just just you just part of you so
0: yeah and the thing is i i had to accept a lot of the things right so it's like oh yeah you dropped that class because of xyz thing or it's like oh your life could have been different because of like xyz thing but at the same time it's like there's nothing i can do to change that and like at and because i i had to lean into finding and following and cultivating interest, like that is also why like i understand what it is to like captivate attention because like I am because I have inattentive type. So in a sense, like I am thinking a thousand things and like even now in this conversation, I, yeah. I feel my brain just like just running other shit in the background. And wow. so also selecting the words to like say right now and like talk and, and like those things, like they I used to just be like, why can't I just start a sentence? and finish the sentence or like yeah. without trying to go in 17 different directions. And now it's like, I welcome it instead. Like instead of me trying to like force anything into where it needs it needs to be or it should be, like I just get to be. And, mm-hmm. um, and it doesn't mean that it's like easy because the thing is it's like, there are some days where it's like, um, I just, I just like, don't feel great. Like I just, am having like a particularly foggy day, like my, I can't like, despite even taking medication or exercising or like eating well and, and sleeping, it's just not, it's not happening. And like on those days, I try and like make space to, to just play. So it's like, I, you know, do another hobby, like start another hobby. I've started so many hobbies, like there's just stuff here. Um, that I've just like purchased and gotten very into and, yeah. and and like trying to keep building upon and and all of that, yeah, and that's also part of it, and it's I just have accepted Got you. but that's that's part of it, and that's part of me and um
1: yeah no i like yeah. I like your uh framing of how you've accepted it, and uh one part that stood out was when you said that when you were trying to figure out what to catch your attention and you know make you stay on something, you kind of realized how to uh, put that into your writing, you know? And I- I'm curious, cause I-, I saw, I've seen, or I've written, not written, I've read what? Now I got ADD, but I've read some of your uh, Medium uh, articles and I-, I really like, I don't know, I felt like I would just, it just captured my attention. You know, I, I would be reading. And I'm oh like, my oh, god, that's a good tip. Yeah, shout out Google.
2: <laughs> I literally was just like, what are you talking
0: about?
1: Was like, was like, oh, they're still uh, up? Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, see I'll, that's the that's the other thing is like I, I start something and like sometimes i just don't finish it yeah i'll finish it in the time when i need like when it's meant to be finished got you
1: and uh i guess we're kind of i don't want to say we're going in chronicle oh, thank you yeah it was it was nice i like <laughs> that I, I think one of the one that stood out was uh it was tips for a first date <laughs> and i already have a girlfriend now oh. but i was reading i'm like dang did i did i do that did i dang, did I do this? And I'm like, oh, I did this one. And then, you know, I was, was like a little checklist for me, but nah, your, your writing your is really good. And uh, speaking of that, how, when you graduated college, right? What kind of was like, oh, bet, let me go put my writing skills. Like what was your first job outside of college?
0: Oh, so I worked in publicity. I worked in um, New York at a book publishing company um, called Workman Publishing. So that was like my first, gig outside of of college mm-hmm. and like the reason i i did it is because i was like i like books and i have this english and creative writing degree um now what <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah and so i was talking to a friend i went to high school with she was also an english major and we were just chatting like through like what we're thinking about like what we like to do what we're uh potentially could do. And she was like, Oh, well, like I did an internship at this company. Um, I think they like right now they only have internships available. but If you're like, interested, like you should apply, like, I'll just, I'll like let HR know to like, look out for your resume. And I was like, yeah, like, of course, like, that's awesome. And so I started out as an intern. And then I, I, I got offered a full-time role as like a, an assistant to the executive director, um, and an associate director at the time. And the girl, so, so literally I was offered it. And then that next week it was hurricane Sandy. So like the offices were all shut down. Yeah. Um, my training week, because like the, the, transition i literally had the friday to talk to the girl who formally had my position and like get trained on all the different systems and how everyone likes everything and then we couldn't go back into the office for like two weeks um and so when i came back i was just like well i guess we're just we're here we're gonna do it (laughs) i have lots of questions and um i'm just gonna figure that out yeah and i enjoyed it because like I got to be around books, but ironically, because I was around books so much and we were talking about like, you know, publishing and, and like reading. Well, I wasn't reading like manuscripts, but I, I did get a lot of galleys to like make copies of, or to like skim through because like, I was responsible for some like smaller titles of my own, but I I also like supported, um, my like executive with like, you know. Organizing or or like sending things out and mm. and like billing and coding and like all this stuff, um, a lot of admin stuff. But I kind of realized that I was like, well, I like the part where I'm like writing press releases. I like the part where I go over and talk to the people in sales and marketing because like we're putting together these, these book tours, and I'm like, are these even effective? Are these working? Yeah. And so it's, it's also the time where I discovered about myself that I, I do just really like working cross-functionally and like that company at the time didn't really allow me to do a lot of that. But in, in a way, like me chatting with all the other assistants and like other imprints and departments and things like that, like I got to, to kind of learn, uh, like their thought processes and how we could better support them and publicity and like, even then, like I had, um, and I will always remember this, it was the Book of Knife. It was like about this, this big.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, And I was able to get it placed with like O Magazine at the time, both like in print and um, digital. And it was because I, I also offered them like the intro and first chapter exclusive to the digital copy. Like, because I just, I mean, at the time, like, things were moving digital and, but like a lot of our um, more traditional, like I guess leadership and stuff were like always looking for print, right? Mm. And so I was like super excited that like I was able to do something kind of new, innovative and interesting. Um, And it was all off of like a cold, like press release and like a cold email and like some follow-up and like framing it, like really thoughtfully thinking about like, why would this book, be good for your audience
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, because at the time, like, and this is also why I'm like, shout out to publicists because it does take a lot of lift, right? It's not just a, okay, we, we made a general like release, like let's send it out to a thousand people. Like it, it was the fact that like when I sent it to, oh, I, I wrote it different than when I sent it to real simple, like both of those got placed. And then when I sent it to like, mommy bloggers i like highlighted different areas of the books and different topics and and different reasons that this book is actually not it's not exactly a children's book but like you could share it with your child and like it has like the great lessons and and like it's slightly illustrated so it's not going to be a difficult read but if your kid is into a little bit of challenge like this is this is a possibility and it's tiny enough they can hold it in their hand right
2: yeah
0: um and I I that that made me excited. So I realized that like I, I've always kind of been like an audience first got you. Like writer, thinker, marker. Um and that's and it kinda of, and it started there. Yeah.
1: And that's interesting you say that because earlier you said you're very shy, but I feel like to be able to be good at working cross functionally, you have to be almost in a way extroverted because you've got to talk to this team and like you know connect this team so I guess when you saw that when you realized that's what you were good at like did you f- still feel like it was difficult to kind of step out of your comfort zone or were you technically in
2: your comfort zone
0: um I am so I, I consider myself ambiverted like'm I'm, I'm ambiverted. like it depends on the day <laughs> like I'm introverted extroverted it's like real yeah it's like a, a it's a balance it's a balance for me.
2: Gotcha. It's the,
0: it's I had to get over my shyness pretty early on because like I always had to like speak up for like my siblings or be responsible. So like I had to ask like adults questions or like, or like translate, translate because, you know, people are, are weird about accents and they're like, oh, I don't understand what your mom is saying. like, she's has <laughs> like,
2: Yeah, like, I felt that one. Um
0: and so I think I I figured it out. Gotcha. But ultimately I like oh, I just I I like deep conversations, I like intimate conversations. I get recharged in both ways. Mm-hmm. It just depends on what environment like the extroversion is happening I feel in. That. I feel that. Um and so if it's like a functional piece, like I can I can fully do it. Yeah. And like and that's I think shy is, like, my perspective on it. Um, because, like, most people don't... Like, anytime I say that, they're like, you're yeah. lying. It was yeah. like, yeah, that's okay. I'm like, that's fine.
2: <laughs> yeah, that, when you said um, that's just, that, that's I
1: said. I said the same thing. I,
0: <laughs> I think it's also because, like, I know that there's, like, so much more to me. And, like... um, and I And it's one of those things where the more you know people, the more you realize, too, that, like, there's only so much you can experience with the person, like, even if you've known them your whole life, that in some, in some ways, like, you're not always fully known. And Mm -hmm. so I think that's, like, why I'm, like, yeah, I'm still a little shy, because, like, I'm an open book, like I can have a conversation, like I'm good at that, I like social things. I like, I think it's because I'm just genuinely curious about people. (laughs) And so if if people and psychology and anthropology and sociology are all interesting to me, like the only way you can actually do any of those things is to actually like experience and do that. So it's like a function of that. But if I wasn't interested in any of those things and didn't care, I don't think I would, I don't think I'd be me, yeah. but I also can't imagine it because of course I've just been me my whole life.
1: I feel that. Yeah. I feel like you're, I would call that like selective, like, you know, when you want to like actually be out here and talking. so I, I definitely relate to that. And uh, I, I also want to point out the fact when you were talking about, you got to placing in those things, right? I, it seems like at this point you realize like, oh, okay, I'm good at figuring out what people like and I can speak to that. You know, and I, and I think when, I, when you mentioned that, I think about, you know, the, the marketing agency you, you created. And um, I don't know exactly at what point you actually made that relative to this. But when this idea came into your mind, like, were you like, oh, I'm going to make my, my my own company? Or were you kind of like, oh, let me find a company where I can be in the job role that fulfills this, this side of me? Hmm.
0: I'm like, how to answer that? I feel like I, the nice answer or the fun answer would be like, yeah, of course, I always knew. I I think I always knew that I wanted to have something of my own, do something a little in, independent. I realized that like things like independence and freedom are important to me, and like a function of those things is being able to kind of choose the projects and choose the teams and, and choose those things. Um, but it's definitely been a process because, um, I didn't just graduate and immediately start this. Yeah. Um, like I realized that it's something that I was kind of building towards, like with every job opportunity or job choice that I made, uh, so that I could like just get better and like equip myself on a personal and, uh, spiritual and like mental level to yeah. be able to, to like, have my own company and, like, consult and, you know, put together productions, like, be a podcast producer, because yeah. um, at the end of the day, I just really love story, and I think that's the that's the key to all of this, um, is just thinking audience first and, like, building stories that, like, make the most sense.
1: Gotcha. And I, and I feel like this is the point where I got to be honest and just tell everybody that this is a very selfish interview, you know, when I saw that your bag was yeah. podcast marketing, I'm like, Oh, I got to talk to her. And I'm like, Oh, you know, she would also be a great pal. So I'm actually do- doing this specifically for myself. And I'm actually <laughs> curious <laughs> where, where your podcast, um, your your podcasting story started. How did you get into that? Were you always listening to it or was it like a job, like take us through that.
0: Yeah. So, um, I got into podcast marketing, because I worked at Quest and the president of the company at the time had a like podcast slash YouTube series Mm -hmm. and it was also one of those things where when I got there no one really knew what to do with it in terms of how to position it because you know Quest ultimately is like a, a nutrition company and so they had like you know, CPG, it's like consumer packaged goods. And so
2: mm-hmm.
0: um, there weren't a lot of people, I guess, as interested as I was in marketing something that doesn't have a product aside from it, yeah. like the show itself or um, the, yeah, I guess like the guests, the show, like him. Um, and so, and so like, yeah, like that's just kind of how it started. Cause prior to that, like, I think I, I had heard of podcasts, but like, I hadn't really like fallen down that rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. Um, but because I was, but because I sat there and I really listened to to the show that they had already, um, put together. I thought about like the guests, the message, like the production, everything I was like. Yeah, I'm going to, like, I'll take this challenge because everyone else I like would meet with at the time just was like, yeah, it's just like this, this thing. So you just like publish it on the website, like every Wednesday or whatever, and just don't even worry about it. Like tweet out like a couple of assets (laughs) and and, like post it on Facebook or or whatever. Yeah. And so, um, I just really was interested. Like, I just thought it was like helpful knowledge and I thought it was like helpful content. And so. I just started to figure out like how best to reach more people Mm -hmm. and like have more people know about it. And that also started with like, I, when I first got to Quest, like prior to that, I was working at like Lululemon, like on the retail level. So I was like person to person, like, (laughs) you know, folding pants, like doing all that kind of stuff. And like, you know, listening to the needs of customers. And so I, basically took some of that and just like, would reach out to community members at the, at the time and be like, hey, my name is Cindy. I am um, I'm, I'm work on this show, would love to know why, how you got here, why you're interested, like what do you want to see more of, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, there was a good period of time where it's like, I think it was when we were still under like, 10,000 subs where I felt like I knew pretty much every person who commented.
2: Wow! Like not
0: even like anyone who commented enough that I saw them. Like I, I was, I was like damn near on like a first name basis with them. (laughs) And like in, and I realized just like, and that goes back to just me being like really curious about people and really interested in it. And so like, I think I still like follow some of them and like I replicated that also with like um this like sub account for quest pumpkin pie quest bars it was like a limited edition one and it was like a small one they were like testing out um and like the one of the the men I like gifted him like a box of those bars like I still sometimes like chat with him like you know just check in and see how he's he's doing and like They'll like check up on me. So it's like Yeah, I, at I this, think
1: At this time was I'm social media management a, a a a big thing at this time? Cause it feel like you were kind of you kinda of already knew what to do.
0: Uh like I've been on social for a long time. Um Quest, and that was in like 2015, was like okay. my first full-time social role,
2: Mm. like
0: in social media marketing, because that's what I wanted to do. And like, I realized that that's the thing that I was like most interested in, even when I went to like law school for a stint, like I would just be reading about, like, just on like Twitter and like studying kind of like what that experience and that user experience is, like what like sub communities are popping up on Tumblr and like what's going on on like facebook and like all the weird updates that they're they're doing like how is that changing the experience for Mm -hmm. people like nobody else in my law school really wanted to talk about any of that stuff um and it also just like made me realize that i'm like definitely more interested in that than like this and so why why stay so i left you left Um, law school and that's yeah. Okay. I was only I was there for a semester. Okay. I was like, I'm not paying for this. <laughs> um wow. and and that that was also kind of hard because like my dad really was excited. Like he finally thought that I was gonna like get oh. a real career. Um Damn. you know, like a Nigerian daughter should have a, a real profession. Yeah. Um but like now I feel like he gets it a little bit more um like they both do um because they see it they like see that it's tangible and mm-hmm. it's one of those things where it's like at the end of the day tangible is like what matters to them yeah um wait what was the original question
1: um I think we were just talking about podcast marketing and then I said social media management and then you you dropped law oh, yeah. school and I didn't know you went back to school and then you you mentioned that you just left law school after semester and your parents were kind of like what and now and now we're
2: here yeah so yeah
0: okay <laughs> so um welcome to the tangents of my brain I love um yeah because a lot of those experiences just like informed uh like how i i approach social because mm. i was like well social is basically your in-person experience just like digitally yeah, yeah. and um Like I've, I've kind of just been in the social media space in some capacity since like
2: 2009.
0: And, um, what basically I kind of was building towards like getting a full time doing marketing
2: because
0: I was starting to realize that I'm just like, I like social, I'm already here all the time. Like, how do I just make this my, my job? Um, and so I've just like been following that interest ever since. And then the same thing with podcasting. Like I just, I... It started with the necessity of, I have this channel that I need to grow. I have an audience that I need to figure out how to make them as excited about this, because every single person that enters the space gets really excited. Like, because it, like, that was the feedback that I was getting. It was like, oh yeah, like I stumbled upon like this interview with Tom and then i i got to this channel and then i just like binged everything Mm. or it was like oh like i saw this episode like with tony robbins and then it made me realize that like oh there are more things and then like now i'm subscribed and like i share this with all like all my friends and family and like whatever and so it's um it's sometimes tedious but it's like a combination of like your intuition and like analytics because like the analytics will tell you like what's getting shared and then it's like now you have to reverse engineer like why is it getting shared and like what is the emotional piece of it Mm -hmm. because like that's the thing that I like learned the most is like it's a lot of psychology and it it feels like pretty intuitive to say that but it is
1: yeah and I I I definitely agree with that too because um kind of like when you mentioned once you get into podcasting or you, or you find that one episode, you're like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta listen to more. And I think uh, what mm-hmm. I realized with podcasts podcast from the, from the maker side and also from the consumer side is that anybody can start a podcast. It's, it's very easy. Obviously you can upload to directories, but the highest barrier is like, how do you make somebody tune in to your hour long or 30 minute or even 20 minute? It's like, I you have to like uh you know somehow bring them in. So I'm kind of curious on just like what tips have you learned from the marketing that you feel like everybody should be aware of when it comes to marketing.
0: Um so all the all the basics aside, you made your show. It's well edited. Please edit. Um package, you know, nice art, all of that now your job is literally trying to figure out what is the value proposition that you're delivering for people because i will tell you that like my i feel like the first year of like working at um inside quest and then when we moved over to impact theory um i don't think my i don't think my parents would ever listen to a show mm. or like and same thing with like my sister, I was like, this is all stuff that you're into. And she's like, hasn't listened. Um, she may have listened to one eventually. And I, because I think I kept bullying her. (laughs) But that's the other thing. It's like, you're not creating this for your friends and family. To be honest, they might be like, Oh, that's cool. And like, share it. But like, they might not actually give a single fuck, Mm -hmm. like at all. Um, and it's not that they don't love you and it's not that it's that you need to tune it. Like you need to pick up on like a different level of psychology. Right. Because the thing is, it's like your, your friends, your family, they have their own interests. So it's like, if you're making something like you're speaking, like you're ultimately trying to speak to one person and like one person and make them absolutely fall in love enough to talk about it because the thing is think about all the stuff that you're excited about like think about that show think about that new dress think about you know that favorite restaurant or that food that you discover and you're just like all right like i gotta tell my friend who is a foodie and like you send it to them or it's like oh i gotta tell my friend who oh yeah like they cook all the time and like i just saw this like new piece of tech that would probably make their life a little bit easier Mm -hmm. like that's what you're trying to kind of like manufacture is some type of experience like that, whether Mm -hmm. it's, is it you're trying to fulfill someone's need to escape? Or are you trying to fulfill their need to learn something to engage with something to um, just feel something? Like, what is that? And so when, like the marketing piece of it was, starting to kind of break up the larger episode because again of like 45 minutes to an hour is a commitment right it's a long commitment especially like a listening commitment even if it's a visual commitment Mm -hmm. like think about how many times you open up a movie and you're like oh this is two hours and you're just like you're like i'm not ready for the two hour experience today right like let me go rewatch. Parks and Recreation or The Office or something because I can do that. Spent the same amount of time, but it's a different experience because you're it's it's broken up like there's a beginning, middle, and end that's 20 minutes long, and at the end of that, you didn't have to use a lot of like thought or like lift and like retaining. So it's like, is, are you in a space for that, right? Mm-hmm. So it's the same reason that like comedy podcasts, I think also just do really well, right? Because like comedians are used to like captivating the attention of people, creating these like moments where people are like surprised. So they like come back and tune in, but also speaking in like stories are about three minutes long, two minutes long, one minute long that you can just like clip out and like be like, here's a sample of what it is. Yeah. And Somebody can share that they can experience that because that's the other thing. It's like your audience is like the more platforms you are on, the more audiences that you have the ability to reach. You have overlapping audience members, but you also have people who are completely unfamiliar. Cause like when I was like for impact theory, for instance, like there were plenty of people who were like, we have no idea. Like they had no idea we had a YouTube channel. They just knew it as a podcast. Or vice versa, where they're like, Oh, like, what are you talking about? Like Apple podcasts, like, (laughs) you know, and it's like, yeah, no, it's like, it's a podcast as well. Like, thank you for the the YouTube, but it's, it's trying to think about what, what you need to accomplish on each of those platforms and like create, making your podcast fit Mm -hmm. in that, within that, if that's what you want. Cause it's like, you know, getting overly precious about. No, it can only be the full length episode, right? Like there was a period of time where we were testing, like putting up the full length video on I think Facebook because it let you do that at the time. Yeah. And I was like, This this is not gonna work. Yeah, y'all. Nobody goes on Facebook but, for that. Right. But people were adamant. I was like, Fine, we can go ahead and test it. But like I'm not I don't uh I'm not i I'm not gonna stand behind this because I don't think that's how people are gonna consume. I promise you that. Yeah. I was right, <laughs> but that was also when I was like, okay, so can I, now that we tried that, right? Can I try something else? And so that's when we started like clipping out moments that were full moments that delivered on some type of promise to like, to the audience member and posting those instead yeah, and letting them be, and letting people know, it's like, oh, if you want to listen to the rest of the conversation, like comes to the podcast
2: yeah exactly
0: if you never want to that's totally fine you can just enjoy this video and like it's fine by me yeah. but eventually people do come like they'll see enough of the the content and if it's good and if you're speaking to fulfilling some the place that they are in that moment they'll convert
1: yeah I'm in that I'm in that position right now I've, I've realized like clips is possibly like the key thing to anything that's long form. And for me, I actually enjoy that because when I go back and I watch and listen, I'm like, oh, that was dope. Oh, let me, let me cut that here. Or I'll be hearing you talk and I'm like, oh, she on a roll right now. I gotta, I gotta cut that. And I think um, I've realized the value of that because sometimes it's easy to get frustrated and be like, man, nobody's gonna go watch the whole thing. It's so powerful. There's all this stuff. And then I realize, okay, well, why don't I just take all the powerful stuff and just, you know, cook it up and give that out. So I'm obviously lo- still learning, but I- I've definitely realized the the value in that. And it seems like you were able to really grow Quest, their marketing and also the podcast side. So I guess kind of like when when you were doing that, were you kind of like, oh, man, I'm good at this. Like, I want to what's next for me. How can I do it bigger? Or were you kind of comfortable in that position?
0: Um. So that. I I continued to grow in that position until I was like, it's time for me to go somewhere else. So like we were, I was at Quest itself, working on Inside Quest for about like a year and a half or something or some change. Um, And then we spun it off. So like Tom decided that it was like in a good place and like decided to create a company called Impact Theory. And so he took like the small team of us who kind of just worked mostly on inside quest. And mm-hmm. so we founded that company. Um, and so there, I, that was the new challenge. So like, it literally, is one of those things where I very much try and like, listen to, I guess, like, or check in with myself and listen to how I'm feeling. And like, am I still feeling challenged enough? And like, am I, am I growing into, Am I growing in the direction that I want? Am I getting the experiences that I need? And what is next? Um, And that happened, like quite literally, when I asked that question, (laughs) as I was considering it, then it was like, oh, well, here's a a new opportunity for you to be, to take the risk, because like who even knows if he were to change his mind or whatever, um, to take the risk and be part of the founding team of this company. And so that brought on new experiences of, you know, registering things from scratch, like trying to figure out how to port over an audience that was familiar with you in a different context, in a different space, like on a different URL, on a different, like Facebook, everything. Cause like we left all that stuff with Quest. And so we started from zero. Gotcha. Um, so that first, that first, like, um, when we officially launched January, I think 5th, 2000... Nope. That's yeah, seventeen, I 17, think. 17. Um, we had three subscribers: myself, <laughs> Jared, and I think Tom. <laughs>
2: like, you know,
1: I feel that. I feel that. So we many. were we
0: were starting a, we were starting a channel from zero, yeah. like one that we had gotten to. I think when we left Quest, it was like you know in the fifty k range or something. So we like zero. Um, and that account now is like over a million subscribers on YouTube and over a million on Instagram and probably Facebook. Like I haven't gone back to look and like, you know, it's, it's also really cool to see because I laid so much of the foundation of like what that looks like, obviously with the support of like our director of marketing and like, obviously with Tom, um, and Lisa and like, you know, the showrunner the booker all of those things and it's because i was constantly kind of just like asking and like responding and getting feedback and like creating that feedback loop that i learned to do so well while i was like working at blue gotcha. lemon
1: yeah actually um i hadn't i never heard of impact there before this interview so i was actually um gonna ask you but maybe later but uh can you you can you describe what impact theory is? because when i read it like Just even the tagline, it seemed like something that's actually very relatable to what I like to listen about. So how would you describe Impact Theory for those that don't know?
0: Ooh, uh, how would I describe? I used to, like the crazy thing is, like I was so familiar with like, like Tom's, like speeches because I like listened to so many of them that I used to be able to actually just like rattle off like the, the thing, yeah. but basically impact theory, like the goal with the content and company is to basically give people the tools to be able to kind of like, you know, elevate their mindset and like take on the challenges. And it's like all about empowerment, personal development and aiming to be like the best version of yourself. Um, and mostly primarily in like an entrepreneurial, like kind of space. So it's kind of like an entrepreneurial mindset, um, which is kind of just that mindset of, you know, rolling with the punches, like figuring out how to be resilient, like falling on your face a lot and like figuring it out. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, and the company itself, the whole thing is like, it's, it started with the, the main show. Then there are, like, different, um, like, sub-brands that are also now part of it. Um, and, like, I think they've moved into, like, kind of the university kind of, like, course space as well, yes. um, like, development, coaching, and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and they made a comic. Like, it's it's meant to essentially create, like, empowering content, like, for um, people
1: yeah. who are no, I like, think they're speaking to me. I, I definitely love their you. their mission. And I also want to ask, you still have some time to chat because I still got some stuff I want to ask you about, but I know we're at that hour that we mentioned earlier. Yeah. But you still good? Cool. I got you. Bad, bad. And um, so, you know, we, we talked about this. You grew this podcast. You started, help. you started to build another podcast. And then I mentioned in my intro for you, you now are the producer for the Therapy for Black Girls podcast, which is mm-hmm. another huge podcast. So you seem to have a very... <laughs> A Very good, a uh, record. I don't know,
0: bro.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't, you can you can flex a little bit. So you can flex. It's your interview. It's.
0: Yeah, thank you. It's it's so weird because I I feel like I'm just very much used to like just being in the cut behind the scenes. I really just am like, mm, no, yeah. no pictures, please. Uh, <laughs> I was like, do you want me to take that? Like. Was like uh, um. But yeah, I mean, like that one is also one of those things where um, it came as what is that next kind of challenge and chapter for me? And Mm. like, you know, for for me, like serving like black audiences, black people, black women and girls and like, you know, like, you know, all of that. So, so high on my priority list. Um, And it. Yeah, like I I think it was that I want like I wanted to be able to kind of bring this like audience first marketing like podcast experience but also to kind of like that original product. Mm-hmm. So like really being like like part and key to kind of developing like and scripting a show and and like finding the right guests and like taking all these different things that I'm good at or interested in and, and want to continue to build upon and doing that.
2: Yeah.
0: I no. hope that answers your question. No, I the, don't know. <laughs> I don't know how to
2: subscribe No, like, we'll, I just, we'll get more into it. Um, I stuff.
1: And congrats to y'all because I know y'all just hit episode oh, yeah. 200 uh, a couple of weeks ago, right?
2: Yeah.
0: Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we're on 206.
1: 206 probably.
0: right now. No, 205. What is that like? 205. 205? Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. And I will also say that if you're listening, please go vote for us and the Strong Black Legends podcast um, for the Webbies, because we were... Um, so those two shows that I've worked on are yes, nominated, yes. and I would love everyone's support. Um, now you're out here getting it. nominated for awards? Okay, all right. No, that- yeah, it, it's... <laughs> Man, I never thought I'd see the day. I talked to my therapist about it, and she's like yeah that that's kind of what happens when you like work hard and are are good at what you do and thoughtful about the things that you do because the level of stress that you have brought into this space because you are so like so dedicated and care yeah it's like that's that's kind of what's gonna happen
1: that's dope and uh to help with that voting i want you to also do another quick little promo how would you describe therapy for the black girls podcast and why
0: somebody should listen to it well, Therapy for Black Girls is, so our primary audience is to serve Black women and girls. I see. Um, and included in that, it's, expan- it's more than expansive of that, but the, the fact is it's a space that centers on, like, Black women, Black girls, like, people who move through the world, even if you're non-binary, as, like, if you show up in the world and you're, the world is experiencing you as, like, you know, female presenting, you're also included in that Black women and girls. Um, because those experiences are, are unique to kind of like us. And um, so it's also another podcast that's focused on mental health, um, focused on wellness, um, giving you the tools to like just become your best self and also like learn new experiences about um, other like sub communities and interests of like black women and girls yeah. because our goal is to also unpack that like we're not a monolith we are allowed to be vulnerable we can have all these like varying experiences like from class to you know um colorism to like size shape like all of it right and none of that negates the fact that you are simply enough um and so that's that's kind of the the place that it cre- we create from. And it was also to normalize talking about therapy mm. and like talking about you know we don't always have to be strong and we don't always have to know everything or or be everything to everyone. Sometimes you need help too. Like sometimes you just need to chat it out with the therapist, like vent, figure it out, and move. You know. Yeah. So. Got
1: you And that was that was a great promo. When, when is the um the nomination for the Webby's end?
0: I think it ends May 6th.
1: May 6th. Okay. It's like
0: somewhere buried on their, their gotcha. website. Okay.
1: Because this will be out on all podcast just do platforms. It now. Yeah, do it now if you're listening and watching, but it'll also be out on Monday. So you can you can retweet it, uh help you guys get that get that love. Um and then you also mentioned you're the you also assisting with another podcast that's the Netflix Strong Black Legends or Leads.
0: So it's um uh, Netflix strong black lead podcast. Um,
1: the podcast itself is strong black legend. I see. Okay. And. Um, uh, sorry, I just thought of something. Um, yeah. So I wanted to, before you get into that and like telling, you know, what you, how you got it, got involved. One thing that's kind of been on my mind. I know we've only known each other for a couple months, but you know, when I saw you had talent booker at strong black lead, I was like, wow, like I feel like I, I fit the criteria. You know what I'm saying, but you never reached out to me. You never said, "Hey, Paul, would you like to?" <laughs> so I'm just kind of curious, like, what's what's the disconnect here? You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm, um, I'm out here. You know what I'm saying? But
0: listen, you out here, you doing your thing. <laughs> um, but you know, the Strong Black League Podcast is primarily like a, a film and television podcast. So, Got you. Okay. Um, you just... may need to get a couple more years, <laughs> Emmys, Oscars, yeah. nominations, Word. nods
1: but i'm like i'm gonna get all under those i'm i'm gonna hit you up after before. i guess um, some. <laughs> yeah. but yeah tell us about how that came to be how you got involved with that
0: uh, um how so basically like Jasmine reached out to me and like was looking for help supporting the the last season so strong black laugh um because they so they had done a first season of strong black legends the second season was gonna be like centered around like legendary comedians and like newcomers as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or slight newcomers, because like comedians been been in this game and they've been putting in the legwork until they pop eventually. But you know, so that was the second season. So that was or that was the first season of last and I was um I assisted in booking like all of those like talent for that. Um and with like the support, obviously, of like all of the people at Pineapple and all of the people internally at Netflix and all of that. Yeah.
2: Um.
0: And then when it came time at the end of the of 2019, I guess yeah, 2019. Um, so sorry, let me backtrack because I jumped. Yeah. So May, so April 2019 or so is when I first was like, I think the next chapter, I'm going to try my hand at like freelancing, building like this like media company, marketing kind of agency and see see how that goes. Yeah. Um, And it's one of those things where I just, I like literally think God, my ancestors, the universe, because as soon as I put that out there and I, Spent the month of April just reconnecting with people and chatting and like just figuring out like what's out there. Um, like I was able to like lock down a a client for their first season Encyclopedia Womanica, um, and help them launch that. They're also they're actually also um, Wonder Media Network. They're also on the nominated for the Webby's for. Wow. Um, brown brown girl's guide to politics um yeah so anyway
1: another quick flex
0: (laughs) i don't know y'all but yeah so like when i was in i was in new york i was like meeting with people chatting um ended up connecting with shira and um i like signed on to like you know for about like eight weeks or ten weeks or or so Mm -hmm. um helping prepare that show for launch and and like you know writing kind of like releases and, and pitches and just like getting some placements so that, that can like, that show can continue to grow, which yeah. I'm super excited about. It's like five minute, little quick bites of like women's history. yeah. Um, thematically told through out each month, each month has a theme. Um, and then while I was doing that, I think I had pass along my like resume to someone and, you know, like how people say like, Oh yeah, like, I'll, I'll like pass that along and like see whatever. And I think someone had, like, I think someone actually had sent it and like, she saw my information and like my like resume and like my experience and then reached out. Um, and then I, I think I chatted with her on the phone first and then uh, met her in person. And then we just talked about like, all things podcasts and and talked about like you know what so, kind of supporting that season would look like with the booking coordination like um all of that because and like I have a lot of experience in in that world in a way because because of Impact Theory and because like I worked really closely with our talent booker there. Mm. I just learned a lot about that as well mm-hmm. um and like one of my internships in college i was um i worked in a recording studio so it's like i'm just very i feel like discretion and, and entertainment and
2: yeah and
0: just like that discernment is just like in here somewhere like floating around Got you. um and so yeah like that's that's how that came to be. And I think it went well. (laughs) So after that season, um, I was like brought back to do the legend season, which is one of the ones that is nominated for this year's Webby. Um, and then, um, at the near the top of the pandemic last year, helped support like booking for the upn like announcement like when we brought back all those like shows like girlfriends and oh, Mom, okay. Alicia, the parker's half, and half. dang that's dope yeah i don't think and, yeah and, and
1: I, <laughs> I was gonna say i was uh i was joking earlier when i was like hey like why haven't you selected how often do people see that as your title or maybe in your bio and they just bombard you with like, Hey, like, can you get me a Netflix? Like, can you, I want to act like, how often does that happen?
0: I don't, it doesn't happen that often to be honest.
2: Got you. Like
0: it's, it's fewer and far between. And I think it's because like, um, like my, my affiliation is kind of more usually like project based Mm -hmm. and like, um, just like podcast focused or like some of these, um, ad hoc kind of, um, materials gotcha. that we like put together. I see. Um
1: so it's just me. And so like <laughs> so just me.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean I maybe maybe other people have, yeah. but they have asked in a in a different way. Gotcha. But I like for that in particular. Um and then now also um like doing some support uh for like in terms of um like marketing materials and stuff for the okay now listen podcast. And so that's really exciting. I really love that podcast, y'all. Um killing it out. You should also I. check that out Kailin. if you so choose. Um recently Scotty and Sylvia were featured in fn so that's exciting.
2: Okay. Um
0: But yeah, I think it's a lot of it sometimes I think it's just it's luck and luck meeting the fact that I like prepare yeah. for these things, You're I ready guess. For it. Yeah. Um by just staying as knowledgeable as possible and like just trying to like tap in wherever is necessary.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And like that actually brings me to like I know that uh we're giving away the audible subscription. I'm super excited for everyone to do that. Is that like um, one of the books that like, I would also just recommend for people is like this book called Lynch, Lynchpin. It's, I think it's by Ryan Holiday. Um, I'm not always the greatest at that. I, mm-hmm. cause I read it when I first got to quest kind of, um, and it's just a book. I think that made me realize that like utility is just as important as like your title <laughs> or like the thing that you do. Um, cause that's also why it's just like, a lot of people don't realize that like, I'm, I mostly just like contract and like tap in for projects. So that's also why people don't really reach out to me for Netflix. Cause it's like, I'm not always doing that.
2: Gotcha.
0: Um, and, but in that it's like finding where your skills can help support and like inform and build towards that common goal. And so that book, I think, has like just kind of stayed with me philosophically. Um, so that's gotcha. just a recommendation.
1: Yeah. Write no, that I'm, gl- down. I'm, I'm glad you <laughs> brought that up. I want to um, also bring that up as we start to get towards the end here. I want to uh, remind anybody listening, watching that uh, Cindy has kindly uh, chosen to give away a six months membership to Audible um my uh creative director juan was like oh like can i still win that and i was like uh we'll see but no i'm really excited <laughs> i, I want to thank you for that because i know that you didn't have to do that and you chose to so i'm really excited to see who wins that and kind of yeah i think um i was gonna ask too you already kind of gave a book recommendation but um for audible mm-hmm. are you really big into audiobooks more because you like podcasts or like what kind of got you like really oh into?
0: so so audiobooks came because like Tom was very much into audiobooks and um I found that they were a way for me to consume some of the not like the the tips, the tricks, the keys in like business and marketing books cuz I don't always enjoy just like reading them mm-hmm. in that like traditional kind of like Kindle or paperback way. Um, so it became like a way for me to also su- supplement my reading. So it's like that's what I would do on a drive. Um, cause I used to have a, a longer commute gotcha. coming from like Koreatown to to our offices in like Beverly Hills. And so I would like listen to podcasts or um to podcasts, but also like audio books so that I could like learn the like new information about like what's happening all over.
2: <laughs> um and so
0: that actually even started because like Tom gifted me like 12 months of audible. Ah, And that was because I like, I was putting together all these like materials, like for uh, the inside quest podcast. Um, And I also realized, like, I realized that I'm like, you have a book, like you, he has like his, I think it's a 25 book list. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like his foundational books. It's like on his website. And I was like, hey and I'm broke okay so it's like I'm entry level I'm broke like I'm not trying to like go out and purchase these so I'm like is there any way because it's fully and directly related to my job if I could like like how does that work because then they're also not available here physically yeah um and so like I think I had just asked him like how like uh, do I need to, like, just write them down, like, get reimbursed? Like, how does that process works? And then he just, like, surprised me with, like, the 12 months of it mm-hmm. so that I could, like, at least start reading those books. And, like, I realized that, oh, yeah, this, this is the way that I want to consume this type of nonfiction. Um, and so it also helped me kind of, like, get a lot of those, like, tips tricks like insights um like case studies like it helped me do that a lot faster because i could like listen faster and while i was like yeah you can do it yeah you can
1: do other things you can't read and drive yeah
0: (laughs) yeah Yeah, exactly and so i was able to do that but like on but i i kind of read across like medium so it's like i'll do audible for certain books I'll do Kindle for mm-hmm. others. I'll do paperback for others gotcha. or, or paper. Um, and yeah, I think that's just how I prefer to do it. Like now I feel like I watched a lot of like documentaries and like television and yeah. stuff. I, I, I love docs right more now. about that. And
1: um, you know, I do, well, once again, I do want to thank you for giving away. I think it's kind of dope that you were given that and now you're giving away and uh, yeah. sh- speaking of giveaway, you know, I always like to leave everybody with, you know, words of advice from whoever I'm interviewing. And I always like to think about it like, you know, if somebody was not to listen, they kind of missed something. But there's just something that you would want to say and make sure that they got out of this interview with you. What are those words of advice that you would share with the audience?
0: Um, I I think I would say that my like biggest piece of advice and like something that I feel like I attribute my success, um, as fleeting is that, that word is to me, um, is that like, find, like, find, find the core of who you are, find like, how you can show up the most yourself. Um, And just continuously create that space and chase that because it's like, and you'll start to also recognize when you start to feel small, like, like this isn't, this role is no longer right. Cause it just like, it feels tight. Like it, it, you know what I mean? And like, I think it's like, try and just. I am like trying to find this like really succinct way to do it. But I just really think that like, I always search for the things that are interesting to me. And I think that that's, that's where a lot of things start. Um, because it's so easy to get stuck in routine. It's so easy to feel beholden to things and this is this isn't to say that like the struggles have not like have been real like uh, you know yeah yeah student loans like all of those things like you know credit card debt all of that mm-hmm. um but it's like y- like you just gotta build to the season that you're in and also recognize when you are clinging to, like, a part of you that needs, like, that needs to be released, like, Mm. and, and freed, and um, tapped into again, because that's the other thing is like, sometimes, like, in this journey, like, um, this is why I'm really bad at time, because like, I feel like time is, is always like, is present like the present is infinite like time is finite yeah but it's 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 so expansive at the same time right mm-hmm. and so i think in certain ways that there 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 are you know like the the mac like the time machine or whatever like the the thing oh like, you the, like, um, go back or the, like the yeah, same like, like, like back old. The yeah, time yeah machine. you know <laughs> yeah. like i feel like for me it's like Revisit that, like revisit those like backups of yourself and see, do I want to take a piece of this and bring it here today? Because I would say that like, you know, working at, um, like quest and, and impact theory and inside quest, like all of those audiences were primarily male. Like it was me, this like random black girl talking to a bunch of dudes like all the time like our audience like skewed male and i literally was like my goal is to figure out how to like just get it just get it a little bit more because like there were some videos that we have 95 percent of the people who like tuned in watched it wow. dude and there's nothing wrong with that because like at, like you need content for all of those things but i'm like if this is a channel that is primarily serving males, I'm trying to think about like what their needs are, but I'm also trying to make them better fathers, better husbands because those were the comments that we were receiving where they were like, I wanna be a better partner. Like I, like me and my wife are, are struggling with this. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, well, how do we find the person that speaks to that situation? Cause he's not alone. And so it's like, how do we create that? Right. Like create this, this space of like open sharing and stuff. And so then it was like, after that, I was like, well, I feel like I've, I've gotten pretty good at this kind of like, mm, like entrepreneurial, like. Male marketing, which is kind of, which is really ironic because that was the first time that that was true ever. Like everything <laughs> else that I did was like mostly like Lululemon, mostly women. It was like pulling teeth to get a dude to just try on the shirt, right? Yeah, try it on. They're expensive, like, try okay? Try it on. Like despite the expense, right? Yeah. They were like, "Oh my, my wife got me this," and like I guess now, like where, like they, they would just like uh, it, and then I was like, a... "Yeah, it's right there" because they're just not because it wasn't a, a thing. They were like, oh, like, Lululemon's for girls or yeah, whatever.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, at least at that time. I feel like now they've got they've also tried to, like, shift and expand their marketing to, like, because, like, the way that I would talk to a man buying his stuff was different than how I would talk to, like, a woman yeah. who's, like, trying to figure out the best sports bra and the color combination and all these kinds of things. Um, and so like, that's, that's what I mean about, like, you have to think about who you're talking about and talking to, um, and who you're creating for. And so like my next chapter, I was like, I want to work somewhere where there are more women. Mm -hmm. Like, (laughs) like I want, it's not to say that that wasn't fun as like an experience. And I just, I really loved my team and everything, but I also found myself being like, I just want to talk about more girly shit. Yeah. And like do more girly shit
2: Yeah.
0: Um, and see what that feels like.
2: Gotcha.
0: And so then I, I eventually, well, first I, I made a pit stop into like male uh, menswear. And then I got into a podcast network that was like primarily female mm. focused. Um, and then, you know, just continued. Like it was one of those things where it's like, what, where are my next challenges? got you and i would just go there
1: no i think that's a good just to i think what i took from that is basically you had to once you found what that core of yourself or what you wanted you kind of just had to like figure out the best way to get get it and it seems like you've kind of found that especially when i think of you know therapy for black girls and the strong black lead all that stuff and now you're doing your own thing when it comes to entrepreneurship mindset so Um, yeah, I definitely got to give you props. I know we're definitely going to talk later because I have a ton more questions, Uh, (laughs) but I also know you have a life too. So I want to, once again, thank you. And I also want to give you an opportunity to, if somebody wants to maybe follow up with you or maybe, uh, get involved with your marketing agency, what are the best ways to contact you or reach out to you?
0: Yeah, you can just, um... You can drop a inquiry into, like, my, like, website.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, it's Got it Gotcha. I'll put it in the description.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: so or, or actually just, like, connect with me on, like, Twitter or Instagram. Like, I eventually get to all of those as well. Gotcha. Just, like, let me know how you found me or, like, what you're reaching out about. Mm-hmm. Um, just so that I have, like, context. And then I'll uh direct from there got gotcha. you just because there, there are just so many platforms to be paying attention yeah,
2: to yeah I
1: feel that
0: um so yeah that's good
1: but no thank you my,
0: my DMs are open on Twitter so gotcha. that's yeah. probably the easiest.
1: But yeah, thank you uh once again. That was a, a great conversation. And like you said, I think you, you did pretty well with your tangents. It wasn't it wasn't that bad so I know I was like I think
0: I think because you you tried to ask me questions but it's like girl you can't you can't you won't find it but I was like oh I I could if I wanted to but I want again I was thinking about what like what your audience is here for right like they're not here to you know talk about what's happening with the moon right now
2: yeah
1: or Pluto that could be another another maybe we bring you back when I hit my 200 episodes and uh we'll get into all of that but uh yeah we
0: can celebrate that for sure but
1: that's that's all the time i got with you appreciate you once again i'm gonna let you go and then i'm gonna wrap it up with the rest of the people and talk about you know raffle and all that stuff but uh yeah that's all i got thanks for being a pal and i'll, I'll talk to you later of course all right i'll talk to you soon all right peace bye, bye. thank you for tuning in to that creative conversation with me and my pal I hope I was able to help you feel inspired to go create. And if you'd like to help me, please subscribe wherever you listen to this, anywhere on all podcasting platforms. Also, you can subscribe on YouTube if you'd like to watch all of the episodes in their 4K glory. And if you're more of an email newsletter, um, you can actually subscribe to the Pollen and Pals newsletter at reed.paulandpals.live, where you can get a quick summary of the episode with also a version of what I took from it as well. And if you'd like to support uh, financially, you can actually purchase merch at merch.paulandpals.live. And without any further ado, go get creative.